Well, you need to be turning to Acts chapter 10. And actually, uh, even though we're talking more about uh, conversion, the particular story and the events here are, are include more than just the conversion of Cornelius and his, his family. And it's kind of one of those things that we'll be following. The outline that I'm using is is uh, from a, a series of uh, Mark Copeland, and it's called Illustrated Sermons, and it's actually a sermon. So, okay, very good. Anyway, this is a, kind of a little bit different uh, approach to this uh, class, but uh, first question we may be asking, what saved Cornelius? And why was he chosen? So, obviously, Cornelius is a, a, a key figure here, but as we get into Acts 10, verses 1 through 48, preceding this, Peter was in Lydda, L-I-L-Y-D-D-A, and uh, healed Aeneas there and, and spent some time there, then was summoned to Caesarea eventually, and uh, to uh, uh, raise Dorcas from dead. Up to this point, the gospel has been somewhat limited in its outreach. It has spread through Judea, Galilee, and Samaria and, uh, from Acts 9.31. But other than the Samaritans, who were half Jewish, it had gone only to the Jews up to this point in time in, in the book of Acts. However, with these events... This becomes a pivotal point to the spread of the gospel and the church. Some time ago, I gave a devotional on, on the Simon of Cyrene. And eventually, some of those who were from Cyrene were in Antioch, and which actually occurs after the events of Acts 10 and, and, uh, and 11. With the conversion of Cornelius and his household, though, the first Gentiles were saved. And the conversion is noted in the book, I believe, by Luke, because, not only because they were the first Gentiles, but because of the miraculous events that precipitated the conversion. So it, as you get into those initial verses, an angel appeared to Cornelius. Peter's vision, which actually occurred before, or, or somewhat simultaneously, but not to not simultaneous, but just kind of one right after the other. The spirit falling upon Cornelius, his family, and close friends. And we can see a comparison later of Peter and others on the day of Pentecost from Acts 2. And Cornelius and his household speaking in tongues. So there are some similarities between the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit falling on the apostles and disciples. As in the case of Saul of Tarsus, uh, Barbara, there's a left and eye line here. Such that it is. And I had the little map there showing the, kind of the location of Lydda and, and uh, Joppa and, and uh, uh, Caesarea. And the distance between Lida up to Joppa is, is about 11 miles or so, but it's about almost 40 miles 
up to Caesarea from, from Joppa, just to give you an idea of why they didn't just travel uh, during the day to get there. It was a kind of a two-day event, if you will. But one of the things we need to consider during this conversion, exactly when did the Spirit fall upon Cornelius and his company? So that's one thing to look for. What was the purpose of the Spirit falling on them at the time? And then were they saved when the Spirit came upon them or later when they were baptized? And that's a key situation there because some will say that they were already saved before they were baptized. And we know that's not the case, but nevertheless, let's look at what the answers are as we look at the events. So a harmony of the, of the conversion of Cornelius and his household, an angel appears to Cornelius. Now Cornelius was a centurion. He was a very religious man from Acts 10, the first few verses. The angel appears to him and this was about 3 p.m. in the afternoon, according to the time frame, with an announcement that his prayers and alms have been noticed by God. But with instructions sent for Peter, please note, and then on your outline there are some things there about uh, what the situation is and uh, what saved Cornelius, his good life, Miraculous manifestations, obeying God, appropriating God's grace. And then we get into the other events. So as a result of the events uh, and the angel talking to him, the angel said, he will tell you what you need to do. And then the next account is Peter recounts it in Acts eleven fourteen who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. Acts eleven fourteen. So we see some good works going on here, but the question is, did, was the good works that saved him? Obviously he went up as a memorial before God, and that uh, is true in that sense. But as we follow the events to the plan of salvation, well, Cornelius then sends two servants and a devout soldier to Peter, Acts 10, 7 through 8. During this time, Peter has a vision. While the three men are traveling toward Peter, he has a vision, verses 9 through 16, and 11, 4 through 10. And this was about the noon hour. And this is described as a sheet descending from heaven containing all sorts of creatures. A voice tells Peter to kill and eat. Peter objects, for he has never eaten anything common or unclean. Now, most of you will remember that as far as the Jewish people are concerned, there was a lot of things they could eat, things they could not eat, but things that were labeled as, as unclean in, Le in Leviticus 11, verses 2 through 47, list a whole lot of things that were not blessed by God to be eaten. So, but here, then the voice says, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. So there is definitely something going on here. And three times the vision was repeated. Now, it doesn't tell us why, but why three times? You think it took that many times to get the point across? 
they typically do that to emphasize something. Okay, emphasize that, that particular major point. And it's, it's definitely something different than, than what the Jews are, are used to, obviously. And those that were with Peter, there's no telling what they were thinking. I'm thinking maybe, and this is just uh, off the top of my head, maybe it stands for completeness. We find completeness in the, the Trinity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, is there any connection there? It was done three times, one for each of the Godhead. Your guess is good as mine. But I think it has more to do as to, this is really important. So, now the Spirit tells Peter to go with the messengers. The men for, from Cornelius arrive as Peter is contemplating the vision. And you would have to think there's a lot of things going through his mind as he's trying to digest the meaning of these visions. The Spirit tells Peter to go, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. And Peter receives the men, and he lodges them for the, the night. And the next day, there were six that went with him to Cornelius' home at Caesarea. And the description is just certain brethren. So we would presume that these are Jewish brethren. And probably, uh, as one gets into what happened at Jerusalem, of the uncircumcision that they had. Uh, uh, you could not be a Christian unless you had been circumcised. That we'll see come to play. Peter arrives at Cornelius's house. Cornelius has gathered his family and close friends, Acts 10, 24. And Peter deflects an attempt by Cornelius to worship him. Uh, after having received a message from God, or the Lord as the case may be, then you would think Cornelius, with someone come to tell him what to do, had the affinity to bow down and worship him. But Peter restrained him and told him not to do that because he was just a man like him. Peter explains his presence, a violation of Jewish custom, but now understands I should not call any man common or unclean. Acts 10, 27, and 28. Obviously, after the, the visions, now Peter has come to an understanding, but that goes back to Levi, Leviticus, rather, uh, 11, verses 2 through 47. Well, asked by Peter to explain why he was called, Cornelius recounts the appearance and instructions of the angel, Acts 10, 29, through 32, and also over in chapter 11. Cornelius and his household were ready to hear all things commanded you by God, Acts 10, 33. And that's a key verse, Acts 10, 33. Cornelius and his household were ready to hear. So there's a uh, one there talking about uh, hearing the word I uh, use there Acts eleven fourteen, but also Acts ten thirty three. As Peter begins to speak, the Spirit falls upon the listeners. At this point, we need to carefully note the actual sequence of events. Luke's record gives attention to the sermon first, and then the Spirit coming upon the Gentiles. Acts ten thirty four through forty four. But Luke says in Acts eleven that while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit 
fell upon them. From this, we do not know exactly when the Spirit fell. And so it could have been at the beginning, the middle, and toward the end of his sermon. Peter, however, goes further to explain what happened in order from the beginning, Acts 11.4, and he describes the events as they happened. He says, As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, Acts 11, verse 15. So we learn from Peter in his recounting of the events in Acts 11 that the Spirit came upon the Gentiles at the beginning of the sermon. So with the Spirit falling upon the Gentiles, they began speaking with tongues, which amazed Peter and his Jewish companions, Acts 10, 45-46. Well, so now, at this point, were they saved? Some people say they were because the Holy Spirit fell on them. But, when you go back and compare the events of Acts 2, then the Holy Spirit fell upon the apostles and others prior to Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost. So when did baptism come into play? Were they saved at that point, or were they saved at the point of baptism? Let's go on. Peter's sermon to the household of Cornelius. He begins with a full perception that God shows no partiality. Acts 10, 34-35. And there's three perceptions along that line which are given. So a full perception that God shows no partiality. A perception started with the vision of the sheep and unclean beasts. A perception continued with the Spirit's instructions to go with the messengers. A perception made clear with the Spirit falling upon the Gentiles. Acts 11 verses 15 through 17. So then Peter goes on to proclaim Jesus Christ, Acts 10, 36 through 43, which as we know is the gospel. Jesus Christ died, was raised for us, and, get, and we receive salvation through his, his death, burial, and resurrection. As Lord who was appointed with the Holy Spirit and power, who was killed, but then raised from the dead and seen by eyewitnesses who knew him well, Acts 10, 39-41, who has commanded the apostles to proclaim him as ordained by God to be judge of the living and dead, Acts 10, 42. Another important verse here, key verse. Through whom remission of sins is offered to those who believe. And that's a key verse there in the, uh, uh, on the outline C. And, and uh, verse 2 is Acts 10, 43. Peter commands them to be baptized shortly. How can anyone forbid water to those who would receive the Spirit just as the apostles did? Acts 10, 47. Well, why the need to be baptized if the Holy Spirit has fallen on them already because it wasn't complete yet. When we think about that, what was the manif miraculous manifestations for? Think about that just a little bit and we'll come back to that in just a minute. 
Peter commands them to be baptized. So Cornelius and his household were commanded to be baptized in the name of the Lord, Acts 10, 48. Well, the events surrounding this conversion evidently were needed to convey important truths. As we endeavor to glean those truths, maybe we need a little bit of an illustration to see. This is where David Roper comes in from his lesson outline on on the, the conversion of Cornelius. And here we have two items apart, standing alone. One being the Jews, Gentile, and Gentiles not included at this point in time. And the other being Cornelius and his family, Gentiles. And how did that occur? So David says, use this as a, an example of a ring as being an example of a little bit of the uh, events coming together through the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit draws the people and events together, and so as we pull it up, then those things come closer together. So the point is that the Holy Spirit was operating through the events that were there with Peter from the visions and operating on Cornelius as he received a special message from them and the Holy Spirit fell on them. So in the end, now you have two groups that were separated apart from one another. And now they're together and showing the light that is in Jesus Christ. So don't blame me if you didn't understand the illustration. That's from David Roper. I don't have his magic touch. But that kind of gives you an idea of what happened together. All of these events were working together to make a change in what has been for centuries separation. And now the Jews are brought into being accepted by God to receive the salvation that is through Jesus Christ. Okay, as we go on. A religious people need to be saved. Many people believe that if you are religious, you will be saved. <clears throat> do you believe that? That if you go to church, <clears throat> do good, you have a hope of heaven. That you have earned the right to enter heaven. But if we look at Cornelius, though he was a man who was a devout man, he feared God with his whole family, he gave alms generously. And by the way, he's not the first Roman centurion that was noted for good works. Anybody have a remember from the book of Luke who that might be? Jesus healed a centurion's servant. Okay. That, that was occasion as well. But Luke 7 and 1 through 10, they, they were asking that be done because he built them a, a synagogue. So, there is a relationship between many Roman centurions, seems to be the most example, who believed in God, worshipped God, even though he couldn't be part of the Jewish people and part of the nation of Israel, but yet now that's changed. He prayed to God always was another example of Cornelius. He still needed to be told words by which you and all your household would be saved. So even though the Holy Spirit had fallen on them, 
the key thing here is words by which you and all your household will be saved. Was it his good life that saved him? And then up on your sheet there, you may want to put no. It was not his good life. Clearly being religious isn't what saves us. It's the blood of Christ from Ephesians 1 and verse 7. And David in his outline says, Good works will not save anyone. Every man needs the gospel. Well, the gospel is for all. Peter perceived that God is no respecter of persons, Acts 10, 34, 35. Indeed, God desires that all men should be saved. Most of us are familiar with John 3, 16, but he also listed here Titus 2, verses 3 through 6, and 2 Peter 3 through 9. So 1 Timothy 2, 3 through 6, 2 Peter 3 through 9. Therefore, he has not been, he has not predestined some to be saved and others lost. There are some conditions to being saved. You've got God's part and you have man's part. Well, the purpose of the spirit falling. Some presume that the purpose was to save Cornelius and his family, that therefore they were saved before obeying the command to be baptized. But the spirit came upon them as Peter began to speak, and before they could hear words by which they could be saved. Acts 11, 14 through 15. So the purpose of the Spirit can be gleaned from the following. The effect it had on the Jewish brethren who were present in Peter's response. Acts 10, 45 through 47. And the brethren were amazed that the Holy Spirit was poured on Gentiles. The Gentiles just held people apart. And by the way, when you notice the towns there, uh, Joppa and Caesarea, uh, by my understanding, both of those towns are in Samaria. What did the Jews have about uh, Samaritans? They were anathema. They had, they had basically no dealings with them because they were half Jews and had not followed God's word. <clears throat> Well, the reaction of Jewish brethren in Jerusalem uh, was something else as well. When Peter told them what happened, Acts 11, 17 through 18, Peter's explanation at the, count, at the council held later in Jerusalem in Acts 15, 7 through 11. That would be good to go back and read uh, Peter's defense there, but uh, time uh, doesn't permit that. But the purpose of the Spirit following on them was therefore to show the Jewish brethren the real reason that the Holy Spirit fell on them was for the Jews to accept Gentiles. Now, if you really think about it, that's kind of a hard pill to swallow for them. That just goes against the grain in everything that they've done over the centuries. However, another key verse, that God was no respecter of persons, Acts 10, 34 through 35 that God was willing to grant them opportunity to repent and have life, Acts eleven eighteen, that Gentiles could be saved in the same way as the Jews. And from uh, C3 there, uh, Acts 10, 48, is, uh, is a good reference there because it leads to be them being baptized. And 
That, that's by faith, repentance, and baptism. And it's shown is the, the verses in, in, uh, from Acts 15, 9, 11, as well as Acts 2, 38. And then that key verse there at C3, Acts 10, 48. Well, that faith comes through hearing the Word of God, and that's an acting faith in Jesus. And most of you are familiar with Romans 10, 17, and that faith comes by hearing. The point at which Cornelius was saved, remember that Cornelius was told to send for Peter, who would tell him what you must do, Acts 10, 6, words by which you shall be saved, Acts eleven fourteen. And I know some of you have been teachers. Uh, Michael in the uh, teaching thing that he does out at Tinker and those who have been teachers in a public school. And when we go and look at some of the words there, words by which you shall be saved. I always go back and look. Which is more um, has more authority or strength? Will or shall? And in the legal world, Will is not as, as, as strong, but shall is that something that you must do. So it kind of leads to that. That's not always pointed out, but if you get into the English, then I think that has a better meaning. Unfortunately today, words that we grew up with being told don't necessarily mean the same thing today. Like the gay 90s. Well, anyway. From this... And from what we have already seen in other conversions, Cornelius was not saved until he heard the words after the sermon. Cornelius was not saved until he obeyed what he was told to do. And what were the words that he was told to do? Believe in Christ, obey. So, on your little outline there, uh, number C, Obeying God, appropriating God's grace, yes. So yeah, A, no, B, no, and C, yes. And then the, the words that are outlined in the, in the plan of salvation. Certainly they were told to believe as implied in Acts 10, 43. That goes back to C3. Clearly they were being told to be baptized as commanded in Acts 10, 48. So key point here. Thus Cornelius and his household were not saved until they believed and were baptized. Going back to familiar verses, Mark 16, 16 and Acts 8, verses 12 through 17. Well, what's our conclusion? So while miraculous events surrounded the conversion of Cornelius and his household, their salvation was no different from that which we have already seen. They heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were taught to believe and be baptized. Thus, they were saved in the same manner as all those previously. As Peter said at the council, it is through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that both Gentiles and Jews are saved. And then coming from the council at Jerusalem in Acts 15, verse 11. We are saved by grace not works, Ephesians 2, 5, and 8. Also Titus 3, 4, and 5. Is it enough to be religious? Well, religious means following the Word of God. Who could be more religious than Cornelius? 
or even the 3,000 of Pentecost who asked, what shall we do to be saved? Or the Ethiopian eunuch. The grace of God which saves does require a response, however, a response of faith. Acts 10.43, a faith in Jesus that comes by hearing the gospel, verses 10.42, and a faith which expresses itself in obedience, Hebrews 5.9. And then the uh, C4 uh, is also uh, 10.48. Uh, actually, I guess we probably all list Hebrews 5.9. Uh, what about obedience? So I'd list Hebrews 5.9 there, even though it's very... Uh, similar to Acts 10, 48. So, repentance and baptism are important, not as works of merit, but as acts of faith by which one receives God's grace. Those of us who are not descended from Israel can rejoice in what God revealed with the conversion of Cornelius and his household as properly concluded by the Jewish brethren in Jerusalem. So the key point after all of this, God has granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. Acts eleven sixteen. 16. Now, Tracy hasn't given out that conversion chart where you list all the, the examples of conversion in Acts, which he's only covered five. But here, believe, confess, repent, baptize, live faithfully. Anybody know where that five-finger exercise came from? Anybody ever hear of Walter Scott? Preacher from the 1820s during the, the Restoration period and following that. Actually, he started out with six points. Three being acts of God and three being part acts of men. And then it got shortened to the point of being a little bit of a change. But you can see that five finger exercise there. And if any of you would like to have a copy of that, I have some of those available. I'm just getting a head start on Tracy. <laughs> but, let's make this point. When we go through the process and plan of salvation, and these list all of the verses that are very good for each point, hear, believe, confess, repent, baptize, live faithfully, Tracy, Tracy added, which is true. Where's obedience? Is obedience not important? Wouldn't obedience be included in living faithfully? Well, I think uh, the obedience is being baptized. You do what's been told to do. You've been commanded to do so you obey that command to be baptized. That's where the obedience comes in. And to be obedient in living faithfully. So both of those are true. So hopefully uh, I haven't uh, butchered this too bad not being a professional teacher. When I was working at Tinker as an industrial engineer I made a lot of briefings to high staff members, and uh, it was a lot different because I was, uh, if I was briefing on something, a project I was working on, I'm the one who knew more about it than anybody else, so to speak. But still getting in front of the generals and the 
in GS 16, 15s and 16s uh, could get a little unnerving at times. Anyway, so, and when I write reports, I write in a technical sense, so I'm always a little bit, probably go too much deeper into detail than, than I should. But God's plan of salvation are very important. And if you'd like to have one of these, well, these are available for so, you. So, I was just in going through this chapter, I was just thinking a lot about, obviously, the, the points of Cornelius and the conversion there. But as much of that, as much as that's important, I think, and, and you touched on it a couple times, the fact that, uh, one, he was a Roman officer. And that's the example we see here, yeah. you know, Roman soldiers who yeah. was a part of crucifying Jesus. Yeah. Well, so the, the, I was going to say the application yeah. is for me is I think a lot of times we as Christians um, in our own minds, we find ways to justify, well, that person I shouldn't even yeah. worry about talking to. Um, I just recently read an example, and mm. everybody's probably heard of, and everybody I know knows who Jeffrey Dahmer was, yeah. and then his conversion, yeah. um, where lots of people, rather he was converted correctly, all that is outside of my knowledge, but if he was, yeah. he will be in heaven. Yeah. And we a lot of times disregard certain people or certain groups because we don't think that one that maybe they're worthy mm -hmm. and then the other that it will even do any good for me to say anything well see the jewish people over the centuries did just that they would have nothing to do with the samaritans because they yeah. weren't they weren't worth uh anything because they they were not part of, of the nation of israel they had had gone astray however uh, i think that's probably the point that we need to think the, 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 there's no one that's uh, outside the need for repentance and, and for hearing the gospel. And uh, even though today, 2,000 years from the death of Christ, it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, country after country just doesn't have anything to do with religion anymore. And, uh, and that's unfortunately part of it. And so the reception is hard, but you find someone that's seeking truth, that's the one to to be able to, to deal with. Obviously, Cornelius uh, was seeking God. And matter of fact, most of the uh, scholars will say that when you get into the Roman army, uh, those who were there may or may not, and even rising to uh, centurions, may not even be Roman. They may be from a conquered country that they, they were absorbed into the army and they rose through the ranks. So... Uh, but generally, you would think if it says he's the centurion of the of the Roman band, uh, makes you think that that would be a pretty much Italian group, and uh, not necessarily somebody else. But uh, there's examples of others who were, who were not part of uh, being Italian at the time or being Romans. Well, when you look at that list that's up there, the to me the middle four is for that for a person, mm -hmm. for me, mm -hmm. to be able to do these things. Yeah. Living faithfully, all of us in here as Christians, living faithfully is our responsibility to make sure that that first one is met, that other people hear God's Word. And then it's up to them as individuals to 
follow through with that. I'm not sure which website I got this from. They were talking about Stone Campbell, uh, disciple Walter Scott, and the, and the origin of the five finger uh, gospel. Because um, he was listening to six items originally faith in God's Messiah, repentance toward God, baptism in Jesus' name, and then the other three remission of sins, God's gift, gift of the Holy Spirit. God's gift, eternal life, God's gift. So there were three that were on the part of God and three were on the part of the man, the individual. So, and then it was kind of brought down to uh, the five that we know that are listed here. So, and those are good to remember because that helps you, but that chart there helps give you uh, scriptures that. Uh, which uh, David went over when he was teaching the class on on uh, 101 Bible studies. Well, that's all I have, and uh, appreciate you uh, uh, coming today and, and being part of the class, and I hope it's been beneficial.